You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello, joined by Keith Niebuhr in a special recruiting episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. National Signing Day is Wednesday. Um, we're going to make this a little timeless for you, though, because we kind of already know what Auburn's bringing in. So we're going to go over the class. We're going to go over the players that are going to sign Wednesday, who we're expecting, what it all means, where Auburn stands nationally in the national picture, because I know that's very important to a lot of people, rankings and everything. Um, but as you guys know, this is the third year of the early signing period that occurs in December. And what has happened is that more and more players are signing in December, which means the typical signing day that everybody got used to in February, the first Wednesday in February, there's less amount of players signing then. And it's not just Auburn, it's everywhere. Um, and Auburn got most of their guys on board. There's going to be a few more on Wednesday, but we're going to look at the bigger picture and also these few guys that Auburn's going to bring in today with Keith Niebuhr. Keith, um, Auburn's expecting uh, three signatures, uh, new signatures, uh, to be filed on Wednesday to be part of this recruiting class. Yeah, you know, if we, and by the way, getting back to that, you know, the new signing period, the early signing period, and the old signing period, and, you know, I had an SEC uh, – defensive coach called me today and uh, just to shoot the bull and he said man i'm i'm bored now this is the night before signing day or the eve of signing day and he's he's bored because the majority of their class was finished in december and he said you know it used to be such a fun day and he said the ncaa just kind of took the fun out of it because you know the way it's set up now in december you're building most of the class during the season well during the season they're focused on the season i mean that, that's where the laser focus of these guys is so they're putting together classes but it's 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 been a real change for college coaches, let's put it that way. And uh, and they're trying to get used to the schedule just like we are, just like fans are and, uh, and all that. But, yes, right now Auburn has 10 guys on campus already that signed in December. Then Auburn has 13 other kids that signed that will arrive in the summer, so that's 23, and two guys committed. Uh, and that's DeAndre Butler, the number one defensive end in the country for the junior colleges. Independence Community College in Kansas. He committed to Auburn a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then you have Brandon Frazier, another commitment, tight end, four-star tight end down in McKinney, Texas, North High School. Uh, really big target for Auburn. And he just uh, committed last week to Auburn. So that gives you 25 total with back counting and forward counting and all this stupid stuff, Brandon. That I, I do this for a living and I can't even keep track of it. I mean, I know coaches that don't even know all of it. I uh, can't figure it all out, but at 25, Auburn actually does still have room for a couple or even three more. We think they're going to add one guy on Wednesday, and we think that's going to be Marquise Burks. We're 
pretty confident in that pick. We've been pretty confident in that pick since December, quite frankly, officially visited in December. And I think he kind of told Auburn he was coming, and I think they said, Auburn wants you. Uh, but, you know, it's a slippery slope, Brandon, with, with junior college players, because sometimes you can scare off guys that are still in high school. So my gut, and I, I have nothing to base this on other than my gut, which, by the way, is getting getting bigger with age here, but is that, that Auburn was basically saying, hey, you're in the boat, but let's just hold off on this for a while uh, as as Auburn tries to land some high school guys on the D-line, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but Marquis Burks, really interesting player, grew up in the south shot, side of Chicago. He's talked to me extensively about wanting to get out of there. And he's out of there now for junior college, but wanting to make a better life for himself. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, not to say the entire south side of Chicago is rough, Brandon. That's one of those stereotypes uh, that, that we try to avoid. But asking him about his specific area, he said, it is rough. I, I have seen some things. And to him, Auburn, he as he described it, is essentially a Shangri-La. Okay. Uh, so he's almost certainly going to sign with Auburn uh, on Wednesday or commit to Auburn or whatever. Um, and, and that's a big pickup because they have a big need at tackle. Obviously you're losing some really good guys and he's an older guy, you know, he'll come in with a couple years of junior college experience showed up at, uh, at, at uh, his school, uh, Iowa central a couple years ago, at 240 pounds. He's now six, three pushing, you know, 290, 300, a mature guy, good academics says, uh, that, you know, at a, a place like Auburn, he could come in and provide some leadership. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be a good one for them. And then, you know, coupled with the two other guys that are committed and expect to sign on Wednesday, DeAndre Butler, again, a big need, strong side defensive end. You can never have enough good defensive linemen in the SEC. And Brandon Frazier, an outstanding tight end who, quite frankly, Brandon, he may be the best player on the commit list for Auburn. Uh, so it's a really good class. I, I think those are the three to watch tomorrow. There could be surprises, though. And then people say, well, who would this surprise be? Well, heck, I don't know. That's why they call it a surprise. I mean, Daniel Thomas committed out of the blue a few years ago to Auburn on signing day. Uh, and so did Jartavis Whitlow, who these are guys that have multiple seasons of starting experience now at Auburn. So you just never really know. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, four-star defensive tackle McKinley Jackson announces Wednesday morning. We think Texas A&M or Alabama. Uh, that's a guy to potentially watch. I mean, look, Auburn was pushing hard for Broderick Jones, the five-star offensive tackle that's committed to Georgia. He was going to officially visit last weekend. What did I, I tell you recently, Brandon? I know what people were saying, but I didn't feel it. I just didn't. I think we said it on the podcast. I wasn't getting the vibe like Auburn was the team to beat there. Sure enough, he didn't make the visit, but he's going to announce tomorrow morning around 9 a.m. Central time. Hey, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it would be a big surprise. He never made it to his Auburn official visit. Tell you what, right now, George would certainly be surprised because they think that yeah. one's they think that one's in the bag. But uh, another kid to potentially watch, Alpha Hyam Walcott, junior college cornerback from Butler Community College, visited Auburn last week officially, then went to Baylor for an official visit right after the Auburn visit. We think Baylor. Uh, but you know, and, and, and I've been working on that one around the clock, trying to figure out what this kid's going to do. He's kind of shut it down for our sources say Baylor feels pretty good. I think he might've already told Baylor he's coming. Uh, but that might have something to do quite frankly with Auburn, maybe being a little wishy-washy, like in other words, trying to figure out if they can take him. technically that. Yeah. They got the numbers right now. The question is, if you sign him, then you're one less down the road on somebody that you may you maybe want to bring in a grad transfer. Uh, if Auburn doesn't get Broderick Jones, and we don't think Broderick Jones is going to Auburn, and if they don't, then Auburn, Brandon, as you know, is probably going to 
you have to bring in a ju- uh, not a juco a a grad transfer offensive tackle after spring ball. So there's a lot of numbers. You know, you look at the numbers, you say, oh, we still got like two or three spots. Why not take them? Well, because the, eventually that's going to take a spot away from somebody else. So if you're not 100 percent sure, you don't take a guy. But if Auburn green lighted him, Brandon, maybe, maybe I've heard the communications run a little bit dry between him and Auburn in the last couple of days. But uh, my intel suggests that if Auburn decided even at the last minute to put the foot on the gas, they could probably get him. But we think Baylor with him. But so there are some other guys to watch. But we think at the end of the day, it's more likely than not. And I've been wrong before, but more likely than not that Marquise Burks will be the the uh, the one addition to the class that isn't already committed. As you said, DeAndre Butler, Brandon Frazier, yeah. and potentially Marquise Burks signing and uh, being recognized on Wednesday. Brandon Frazier committed Oof. January thirtieth. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a tight end, a guy that was previously committed to Arkansas. Of course, Chad Morris got fired there. Then it was between Auburn and Texas Tech. Uh, I want to go in a little bit more on him and what you think of him as yeah. a tight end and where he could fit in this offense because we've what we've seen in the past. Uh, with Chad Morris offenses, now that he's Chad Morris is at Auburn as Auburn's offensive coordinator, yeah. he likes to use a tight end a little bit more than Gus Malzahn has in the past. And Auburn's loaded up on tight ends on oh, the man. roster right now. I'll tell you what, you got to give Larry, you know, the forgotten element here is Larry Porter, the tight ends coach. You know, what he's done to, to build that room up a couple years ago, or last year, excuse me, landing Tyler Fromm and Luke Deal, and, and they both have a lot of potential. I think Fromm's probably made a little bit ahead of. Of D, uh, excuse me, deals a little bit ahead of Fromm at this point because he played last year and Fromm was coming off an injury, I believe. But uh, and now you're adding Jeremiah Pagese, who signed in December, and Brandon Frazier, who signed in tomorrow. Pagese is more of a jumbo athlete, 6'2, 290, can line up at fullback, can take handoffs, can play the Wildcat. Frazier's a true tight end. Now he can do a lot of everything, though. He can line up in the backfield, too. But you watch this guy's film, and this is not hyperbole. I, I, I actually think he's the best player in the class. I thought it was like Evis Walker, and the more I watch this guy's film and what Chad Morris wants to do with this offense, and by the way, I'm more convinced than ever uh, looking at, at at this commitment and also some future tight end targets that I've seen Auburn already offer for future classes, I'm more convinced than ever that, that this is going to be Chad's offense. I know, Brandon, Yeah, I read all your stuff. I know you're still thinking, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. I, I've seen this, this movie before. But yeah. Brandon Frazier – is a hybrid tight end, but he's 6'7", 245 to 250. And the yards after the catch, I mean, this guy looks like an NFL tight end. He's catching four-yard passes and going 70 yards. And and he's not playing, you know, terrible competition in Texas. These are big schools he's, he's faced. Uh, and you say, okay, well, why weren't, you know, why wasn't Southern Cal and Georgia and all these schools after him? Well, Alabama was after him, okay, quite frankly. Texas Tech, which another school he considered was after him. And you say, oh, Texas Tech. Well, Texas Tech's starting tight end last year had 25, 26 catches. That's mm-hmm. a lot in college football. So as a tight end, that's the one position where you see guys go to school sometimes that, that you're like, well, that's not a Notre Dame. That's not a, 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 a whatever, a, you know, an Auburn or, a, or an LSU. Look who gets all the good tight ends. Iowa. I mean, you know what I mean? So right. and that's not to knock that program. But the tight end, you really, if you're a pass-catching tight end, You've got to do your homework, and you've got to go somewhere where you think they're going to utilize you. You can't just say, I'm going to Southern Cal, uh, and if they don't throw it to the tight end, you catch 12 passes in four years, you're, you know, you know what, out of luck. So they really have to do their due diligence here, and uh, Auburn convinced him that that this was the place for him, that this could be a spot where he could catch a lot of passes, okay? And uh, 
you know, Chad Morse was, was adamant about that from what we're told. And he bought into it. And, uh, I think the guy can flat out play. I think he's a year one contributor. I think he's a superstar down the road. And I could tell you from talking to some sources, and I think you have too, that this guy is a guy that Auburn is absolutely thrilled to have. I mean, I mean, beyond thrilled. Uh, you know, it's funny because we weren't even talking about him in December. They were trying to keep it quiet that they were still recruiting him. You know, they were trying to land J.J. Pagese, didn't want to scare right. anybody away. That's just how recruiting is. You know, if, you, if one guy gets pumped up a little bit, another yep. guy gets scared. They're not scared of competition, but the, every kid's looking at depth charts. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, any place, any place that hires any of us, you're looking to see what else they have there. Hey, what am I going to be competing against? Hey, if I want to be the editor of the, you know, whatever, of Sport Magazine, who's going to be in my way? And so that, that's an old-time reference there, Brandon. You know, you might not even know what Sport Magazine is, but, but uh, but you know, so that's how it works. And this guy did his homework, and I just think that it's a it's an unbelievable pick for Auburn. He is really something special. Um, when you look at this class, and we'll discuss more of this uh, here in a bit, but you look at this class, it's number seven going into signing day Wednesday. Obviously, there's only so much you can keep up with with the other schools yeah, and everything. Yeah, but yeah, Aub- yeah. Auburn looks like it will stay in the top ten after Wednesday, right? Yeah, I think it's going to probably be seventh. I mean, you know, I mean, you look at the numbers, and it's just like, okay, uh, could they pass A and M, which is six? Probably not, especially not getting Broderick Jones. They would have to Texas A would have to lose a guy. Auburn would have to get some guys, and then you say who's behind them? So Florida potentially could pass them. It looks like Oklahoma, which is ninth, Florida, it's seventh Auburn, Florida eighth, Oklahoma ninth. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like Oklahoma would have a shot to pass Auburn. Florida maybe. They're still in it with a, a running back that has just skyrocketed this Jameer Gibbs kid. We think he probably sticks with Georgia Tech if the school is committed to, but if he should flip to Florida, that could allow Florida to pass Auburn. So I think uh, we'll see. Uh, again, I always have to preface this. I've been wrong before. But it feels like it feels like that that's a good spot. Now, Texas is another school to watch, okay? Uh, 17 commitments, not that far behind. So, you know, maybe. So I'm guessing at the end of the day, eight, seventh, eighth, or ninth for Auburn. Uh, so probably no worse than ninth. It's a top 10 class, though. I mean, it, it's, right. a really, it's a really good class. You're filling most of your needs. Uh, you know, you could say, well, where's the big-name quarterback? But we know that. And, and by the way, that's not a slight against Terrell Garnett, dude. Strictly going off rankings, he's a three-star kid. Now, he, he may end up being better than that. We don't know. But, uh, but you know, that was always going to be tough to, to get a guy, a four- or five-star guy, the year after you landed Bo Nix, who's already started. Because uh, then you're telling a kid, you're, you're going to be sitting for the next three years. Have fun. Yeah, right. and, and even though most quarterbacks do have to sit for a while, you know, it's not fun to tell them that. You know, they all think yeah. they're going to be – they all think they're going to be starting Brandon on day one. Okay. So yeah. you have to tell them what you can. So overall the class, I mean, you, you look at what they got you've looked at the class and I've looked at the class. I mean, I guess the concern would be, you know, one, do you have an elite quarterback? But two, did, part of that, did you, did you need one this class? You need bodies. You need guys that can play. Uh, so whereas he's not, Chael Garnett may not be an elite recruit rankings wise, Mm-hmm. Maybe he can play. Maybe he can be an asset to the program. So that's to be determined. Uh, but the big one, I'd say, offensive line. You know, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys uh, and a bunch of good players. But you know, Killian Zaire, the junior college tackle, one of the top junior college players in the country. You know, there were a lot of people that thought he could come in and start year one, but he tore his ACL in early November and is on the road to recovery now. So how soon he gets back is going to determine whether he can even play next year. How much, or will he right. be able to push for a starting job? So. 
I think that that's not nearly as big a question mark if Killian doesn't go down with that ACL injury in November. Uh, he's a running back. You got Tank Bigsby. Was a five-star. He's going to end up a four-star. Who cares? He's great. I mean, he's terrific. Already there at Auburn. He's you know be getting a lot of carries in the spring. Receiver, you needed to get better at receiver. You probably have done that. Xavier Capers. Kobe Hudson's an, an All-American Bowl participant. Elijah Canyon, an underrated three-star guy out of South Florida that Florida was really pushing for hard. And by the way, Florida probably had the third best receiving core in the SEC last year, and they couldn't get him away from Auburn. Um, you know, really good group. J.J. Evans, 20 yards per catch uh, coming out of uh, um, uh, Alabama. Uh, you know, so really good there. Tight end, obviously, we talked about that. Defensive line, wow. I mean, Jay Hardy, Zykevious Walker, um, DeAndre Butler, the Juco, number one Juco defensive end in the country. The flip on signing day, Romello Height at the buck position from Miami was one of their biggest recruits. He's already on campus at Auburn. He's probably going to play some next year. Good-looking kid. Linebacker. Yeah, linebacker was tough because Auburn, a couple guys that Auburn had committed ended up flipping to Bama, uh, including Des Moines Kennedy, who's just an unbelievable talent. But Auburn did really well there. Wesley Steiner, four-star kid, top 100 recruit. Uh, Desmond Tisdale, an All-American Bowl participant. Cam Riley, 6'3 207. I mean, he looks pretty. Now, that's a guy... We'll probably be hearing from in two, three years, maybe not next year. But Auburn's extremely high on him. You know, the secondary, some really good players. Eric Reed, you beat out Georgia four out of Louisiana. Uh, you know, Marco Damio, who has some work to do academically. Uh, there's no question about that. But a guy that could, could contribute year one at corner. Four-star safety, Chris Thompson. Four-star safety, Ladarius Tennyson. Those guys were both really good during Under Armour All-America week down in Florida. In fact, Deion Sanders was praising Thompson. I mean, Deion's a coach in that game. So, I mean, it's just an incredibly well-rounded class. I guess, again, the questions. Quarterback, is there an elite quarterback in the class, but did you need one? There you go. Uh, offensive tackle. The rest of the offensive line, I think he did really good. The OT could be really good. We just don't know with injuries and guys getting there in the summer and all that stuff. Uh, so you're probably going to need to address that, the transfer, grad transfer market. And then now, with Aaron Seapost leaving for the NFL – you know, you you got to get. You probably got to bring in a, a grad transfer punter at some point, um, unless you think you've got somebody. Even they may, have, for all we know, Brandon, they got a walk on out there that, that I don't know about. Maybe you do. That nope. can kick kick the. Okay, well there you go. So <laughs> so, so they're going to be looking at that. Now, okay, if you're a really good kicker and you're at New Mexico, and again, that's another one of those positions you don't see exactly. a lot of scholarships going out. So there are guys. I don't want to knock these programs, but there are guys at Memphis and. New Mexico and San Diego, actually San Diego State's a good program. San Jose State, I mean, guys at struggling programs, and I, I should have looked up all their records before I said that. But guys at smaller, lesser-known programs have good kickers or, 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 or are good kickers at those programs, and may say, "Well, gosh, yes, you know, Auburn needs a, needs a punter, and a, and I got one year left." And so, one thing we know about Auburn, Brandon, they've done really good on the grad transfer market in recent years. Darius James out of Texas, Casey Dunn out of Jacksonville State, so. They they've done pretty well there. Uh, what was the who was the cornerback that uh, Blake Countess was one mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, so they've had. I mean, gosh, he was their best defensive player that year, wasn't he? I mean, he might have been. So they've done pretty well there. They're going to have to do well again, I think. And that and that to me, the Walcott kid, Alfaheim Walcott, the JUCO DB. To me, it's like, yeah, you may need another corner. On the other hand, you absolutely are going to need probably another tackle, and you definitely need a punter. So. You know, at some point you're just, it, it's hard. It's not just easy to say, no, I like this guy. Let's take him. You know, the reality is Auburn's probably going to win most recruiting battles with Baylor. So if he signs with Baylor, 
not to sound cocky, but uh, you know, chances are that Auburn didn't push for him. You know, that that's that's just kind of the reality of the situation. And although uh, I don't want to slight Dave Aranda and his program at all. Yeah, uh, but, uh, all, you know, you know, Auburn's got look. I mean, listen, this seventeen yeah. of their uh, upcoming signees likely. Uh, yeah, with with one still hanging out there, seventeen of them will be four, rated four star or better. Yeah. Uh, according to the twenty four seven sports composite, no five stars in the twenty four seven sports composite. Tank Bigsby is the highest rated recruit, the running back um, out of Hogan'sville, Georgia, playing at Callaway, rated the number four running back in the nation. But you look at you just look at all these. What I really look at, and I don't I don't know about you. I mean, you're obviously more uh, you know involved with this, but just as a casual observer of recruiting, when I look at players and mm-hmm. their tape mm-hmm. or whatever. I look at their position rankings more than mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And so you got Sykevius Walker, number three. You know, Ladarius Tennyson, number four. Killian Zaire, number three. And then you mentioned the Juco offensive tackles, number one. Yeah. Um, uh, J.J. Puigs, number six. Um, number four, Brendan Coffey, who we, who we haven't really talked about. This is a very solid group average rating of, I guess you could say, 91%. Uh, according yeah, to yeah, ninety one. That's a four star. So that average yeah. rating for the whole class is four stars. That's hard to complain about that. The question, were you finished, Brandon? I'm sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the question is, people say, okay, that's good, but then you look at the rest of the SEC, and then it's like, oh god, yeah, yeah you're still behind Georgia, you're still behind Alabama, LSU. But has Alabama uh, uh, knocked the uh, the doors off of Auburn the last few years? No, Auburn's won two of the last three. Mm. Has LSU? No, they won the national title, and they've actually won these games against Auburn the last few years. All games that Auburn could have won, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Every so, single one of them within one position. A and M ranked ahead of Auburn in the recruiting rankings. Auburn has disposed of A and M rather uh, efficiently in recent years. Uh, so you know, it's yeah. just one of those things. I mean, you're looking for difference makers to key positions. Can guys elevate your program? So where does Auburn? And what do we mean by that? So where are the difference maker positions? Well, quarterback. So Bo Nix. Uh, can elevate your program at the quarterback position more than a five-star safety could, for instance. Uh, also, defensive line, right? Defensive line. Well, where's Auburn loading up again? Defensive line. That keeps you in every game. If you've got good defensive linemen, look, Auburn's offense, we can all admit, was nothing special the last two years, and they, they were yeah. in just about every game, okay? Though Gus Malzahn will tell you, know, you it, was, it was fine. It was a fine offense. <laughs> well, well, my eyes say a little bit differently. but, yeah, but, I mean, but look, mine too. Yeah, but I mean that's uh, he's the head coach. I get that. I mean, you gotta, you know, you know, it's I don't know. But so they they're in those games, right? Defensive backs, you know, good defensive back. I mean, so again, they're getting really right. good players at some key positions. I think they wanted to upgrade at running back the last couple cycles, and they did, I believe. Yeah. Oh, now we yeah. didn't see we didn't see Mark Anthony Richards last year because he was hurt, and they didn't want to blow mm-hmm. a red shirt on him. But a guy with a lot of talent. And by the way, if he falls down the depth chart. And and they say, are you interested in safety? And he says yes. Then he's probably starting at safety. He's very very talented. And again, I go back to a point where I had a Division One uh, court, uh, former Division One head coach tell me last year that that guy would have been the number one safety in the country had he played, been a safety. Right. Recruit. Yeah. So it's you know they've got incredible. some options there, but they've upgraded at running back, difference maker positions. We think they've upgraded at receiver. You know, it's funny. They've been re- always recruited well at receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I just expect more of some of these receivers on the roster. Though. Yeah. Uh, um, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a position that you got to get better at. That's a big question. You know, a lot of question about development there, the scheme. And I, I think this upcoming year is going to be huge one because a lot of these guys are obviously going to be about juniors or so. Yeah. 
Uh, Brent, Brent, and, and, I would, and oh, Chad Morris is a guy that they're expecting. Everybody expects to come in and go, Hey, yeah. let's reshape the, the passing game a little bit here. Yeah. You know, you make a great point. And actually I, I would lean more or less on development. Uh, and I, I know people, you know, Cody Burns is a young coach. So people love, he's a guy people love to criticize on our boards, but you know, Darius Slayton was a guy that people were wondering, gosh, was, was he developed? And look what he did his rookie year in the NFL. So Maybe maybe it was the scheme at all. Maybe I think it's I think, it's, I think it's know? a scheme quite a bit because I mean it's yeah. almost like yeah. you know people people say this and there is some validity to it even though it sounds like a big of a knock bit bit yeah. of a knock but the scheme is so, almost like a video game. It's like uh, we're gonna run the ball and then throw it deep, run the ball then throw it deep. Yeah. There's no like nothing in between. There was more in between this past season with Bo Nix and listen. They're developing around Bo Nick's strengths. I thought they did a pretty good job of it near the end of this past season. He didn't throw any interceptions the last yeah, five, yeah, six games. Yeah. His completion percentage went up. He played better on the road near the end. They, they've just got to get the scheme caught yeah, up well, to Bo Nix a, lot, you know, a we, little bit. We, we talk about Brandon Frazier, the tight end coming in, and what you see on his film uh, has got to excite fans, not just because he can catch the ball and run all that, but most of it's between the hashes, which yeah, is what right. you're going to see out of tight ends. Out tight that. ends, yeah. Yeah, but. That may, but you need that. that. that look, I mean, yeah. look at you know. Listen, you look at the national champions in college football the last couple of years, and then also look at the Super Bowl champions, Kansas State Chiefs, uh, elite tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at what LSU did. I mean, Thaddeus Moss, I think of as a tight end, and hadn't really done a lot this season. But when Clemson was kind of shutting some things down downfield, Thaddeus Moss broke out in that game. Well, you and LSU. Have, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you got to have an above average tight end these days to help move the ball because you're not always going to be able to hit that big play against well, defenses. And, and LSU didn't have some great offensive line. Are you kidding me? No. That wasn't any, they weren't anything special. So you say, gosh, doesn't that, don't you have to max protect? Don't you have to keep guys in if your offensive line's not that great? And we're all assuming Auburn's O line is probably just going to be okay next year. We don't know. That's the quote. We don't know because yeah, there's so that's many new the, starters. Could be yeah. great, but, but the evidence suggests probably just okay yeah anybody so think, anybody this offseason tells me this is what the offensive line is going to look like i'm going to go you don't know no, no none of us know but the point is you think okay so i got to have max protect if these guys aren't that great you got to keep all these guys in it's actually a little bit of the opposite if you're sending guys out the defense has to account for them right okay and so quick passes and things like that the tight ends pop passes and things like that mm-hmm. little over the middle stuff can can actually offset some of that, so it, it's it's a little bit different sometimes. Yeah, well, it, it, it helps. Ways, but. It helps having a guy whose mobility was uh, a little bit underrated in Joe Burrow in oh, escaping yeah. the pocket. Oh, I mean, yeah. he had several Heisman moments escaping pressure and making huge plays. Well, and Bo Nix. I mean, Bo Nix did not get sacked a lot. Now you, he also no. probably took off a little too soon. You know, yes. I remember. You know, again, I, I got my Florida references here. You got your Arkansas. You know, Danny Werfel was a guy that took a uh-huh. lot of sacks. Yeah. He took a lot of sacks, but, lot but it didn't matter because the longer he sat back there, the head guy knew, the head ball coach knew that that also gave his receivers that extra oh, little time to get sure. open, okay? So you could get sacked, lose seven yards, and then two plays later go for 43. So as Bo gets a little bit more advanced, he may actually take a few more sacks, and people may get frustrated with that, but, but I think that it's probably going to – uh, amount to more things downfield. But again, back to Brandon Frazier, if he's going over the middle, if you're utilizing the in-between the hash, that's going to make – that just gives you one more dimension to an offense that, quite frankly, defenses really didn't have to account for too much the last right. few seasons. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, Chad was 
from Tulsa to Clemson was making like $1.3 million a year, right? Chad Morris. Wasn't that the mm. deal back then? All right, something uh, like that. He was, he he was paid he pretty well at the time. He ain't no dummy, okay? Now, you're only, at the end of the day, sometimes you're only as good as the guys you got. So you've got a good young quarterback and all that. But I know through sources and all that that he's pretty excited about Brandon, Brandon Frazier coming. I keep wanting to call him Brendan Frazier, obviously. But Brandon Frazier, they're pretty pumped about. And again, there, there's a lot of potential difference makers in this class. You know, Wesley Steiner's a guy we don't talk about a lot. Super athletic linebacker, not huge. 5'11 and a half, 6 feet, 215, super smart kid. Could have gone to Stanford. Incredibly cerebral. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite frankly, probably needs to play with his instincts more and less of his brain because he's too smart. I mean, you have a conversation with this guy and you walk away thinking you're a complete moron because he's so smart. But <laughs> a, a guy nobody talks about, probably the, the single most athletic recruit in this 2020 class in the country. Okay, he's got the numbers to back it up when you look at the 40, the three cone drill and the cone drill. Again, we talk about this, Brandon, change of direction. You need that out of your linebacker Uh, explosiveness, all that stuff. So they got a lot of really good players in this class. Chris Thompson, we're going to see a lot of him on the field this fall. Um, Yeah, I I don't know, Brandon. I, 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 I think this potentially could be Gus's best class. Um. We're going to talk a little bit more about this entire signing class. And also, I want to talk about this bat pass recruiting weekend, yeah. 2021 and everything, right after these messages. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. You know, as we come back from break here, I wanted to mention this real quick. You know, Ronnie Garner is known as the closer. He's ranked fourth nationally in the recruiting rankings among coaches uh, by yeah. the 24-7 Sports Composite. He's responsible or partially responsible for eight of Auburn's commitments with an average rating of 92.51, uh, five four-stars, three four-stars, ranked second in the SEC but fourth nationally. He's a guy who just gets it done. I know everybody was worried about the defensive line. Yet here he is, number four nationally in the recruiting rankings. Well, one of the things is you you got his position guys, obviously, that he recruits. Jay Hardy, Zykevis Walker, you know, DeAndre Butler, uh, probably Marquise Burks. Uh, but then you have uh, Daniel Foster Allen as well. Then you have his area. So you start with the area that he recruits, and that's he's got a couple of them right there because he does uh, LaGrange, the LaGrange right. area. So Tank Bigsby, you know, is the area recruiter over there. He lays the groundwork now. Cadillac Williams was probably more influential in that recruitment than anybody, Auburn's running backs coach. But the area recruiter does have a lot of responsibilities. He's the one that goes to that school the most. He's the one that checks in with these guys. So, you know, they kind of work in tandem on that. But 
you know, Rodney keeps getting it done year after year. And it wasn't that long ago where we're sitting here thinking, all right, are they going to sign anybody on the defensive line? They had Daniel Foster Allen going into November and nobody else. Yeah, he's, a fine, he's a fine player, but just ranked as kind of a mid to high three star, uh, more of an upside guy at this point. So you're like, okay, what in the world was Ikevious Walker was supposedly all Georgia. And, you know, I've had people say that this guy should be in the top 25 in the country. And, uh, that's a, a personal a scout that I know tell me that. Uh, and so, again, beat out Georgia for him. That kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't even find out until very late there that Auburn was going to get him. I mean, we'd always heard that Auburn was in it and, you know, a small town and he was close with Garner. But the confidence coming out of Athens was so high, you just thought, man, no way. Uh, so he pulled him. Jay Hardy, another one, was all Tennessee. Yeah, well, just time, gonna, yeah. yeah, he was yeah. going to take a last-minute official visit to Auburn. No big yeah. deal. Nothing to worry about commits to Auburn. You know, you know, so I mean that that's the story, Ronnie Garner. And then D'Angelo Butler, the number one junior college strong side defensive end in the country. Auburn didn't offer him till December, but had been recruiting him all fall. Um, and you know, and one of the good things is with the junior college guys, there's a lot of Atlanta and Alabama kids that are playing in the junior colleges. And to get an offer from a school like Auburn is really significant to them. And uh, and he was really impressed with Rodney's track record. And you know, it was just one thing after the other. I mean. So here you go. You got another really good class. Now, last year's class was very good on the defensive line, too, although Charles Moore ended up quickly transferring out you know, when he wasn't getting any playing time in the fall. But uh, Auburn had to replenish on the D-line, and they have. But you, know, you, you really got to do that every year. Uh, the D-line, there are certain areas where you can you know, maybe have sign one linebacker in a year. And you know, quite frankly, granted, as you know, Auburn only uses two linebackers a lot of the time. And Gosh, against the LSU, use less than that. So you don't need to. You don't need to have a ton of huge hauls at linebacker, but on the defensive line, you better be signing three, four, five every year, man. Because guys get hurt, guys transfer, guys leave early for the NFL, especially at Auburn, because you know you're. Uh, well, actually, the the two main guys didn't, but the potential is there. Let's put it that way. Um, so he's done it again, and he had a bunch of kids in this past weekend for the 2021 class. I mean. Rodney's a recruiting machine, um, and he does it kind of the old school way. He's not big Twitter guy and all that mm. stuff. But, I mean, he's on it. He'll tweet out nice things here and there, but he's not hes not like just some young guy that's sitting on message boards all day and seeing who's going where. I mean, he does it his way, and he tries yeah. to get to know kids and their families. And, yeah, he has help. The area recruiters help him out. The director of recruiting helps him out. The director of on-campus recruiting helps out. Kevin Steele, Gus Malzahn. Every commitment is a team effort. But, but I'll tell you what, Rodney Garner, I, every year I fall for it. Every year I'm, I think, okay, this is this is the year where he ain't going to get anybody. And he always proves me wrong and about 90% of our message board. And this past weekend, uh, a lot of kids, 2021, 22, 23, and really uh, they were on campus. And really, you know, ever since December, say for the handful of guys Auburn's still trying to get in on, it's been about all the 2021 recruits getting a head start on yeah. that. And so what can you tell us about this week? I mean, there's a lot of kids on campus, some kids that probably want to be on Auburn's radar in two months or whatever, or let alone a year from now. But what were some kids that you talked to and what was your general feeling about this week? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it brief. I mean, the main one really was a guy named Philip O'Brien, three-star defensive back, cornerback from uh, cornerback or safety from Deerfield Beach, Florida, but probably a guy that's going to be a four-star or higher at some point. Super fast guy. He committed to Auburn over the weekend. That was one of those ones that sort of came out of the blue. You know, uh, you know, as we start a new cycle, your mind as a reporter is on the last cycle still, and you're trying to look ahead. But, you know, Auburn's obviously had a lot of success out of the Fort Lauderdale 
uh, Broward County area, and that's where yes. I believe I believe Deerfield Beach is in Broward County. Yes, I it's down there. Yeah, I, I yeah, knew a player from I, down there once. Yeah. yeah, and so that was a big pickup for them because speed, 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 super fast kid. That's what Auburn's looking for in the secondary. Uh, really looking for really ga- guys that can really blaze and then teach them the skills to play defensive back because mm-hmm. that's really where the game is headed. It's a lot more passing, a lot more wide open stuff, and you got to have guys that can cover the whole field. So Philip O'Brien, that was a big pickup for them. You know, some young offensive line talent in town. Tommy and James Brockermeyer, two twins yeah, out of twins. Texas. Yeah, Tommy's a five-star tackle. His brother James is a four-star center. Uh, they visited Bama on Saturday, Auburn on Sunday. And, and you know, I'm getting the vibe that they're going to officially visit. And, and that means you're in the hunt. Now, are they probably chasing Bama and Texas a little bit at this point? Yeah, but but Auburn's got offers out to both. And they like Chad Morris. They like Jack McMill, the new offensive line coach. Uh, their father played in the NFL. Obviously, was a uh, also excuse me was a, a great player at the University of Texas. But Auburn's in it. Auburn's battling. The Tigers think they got a shot. Uh, Amarius Mims, another five star offensive tackle, was on campus Saturday for Junior Day. Then went to the basketball game. Seemed to really enjoy himself. You know, again, probably looking up at Georgia on this one. Georgia, which is just doing so great at mm-hmm. recruiting on the offensive line. But Auburn is in it, and you just keep hoping a kid keeps on visiting. And you know, at some point, uh, you know, Georgia's getting a lot of these elite tackles at some point that's going to stop because a kid's going to say, well, you know, do I really want to sit on the bench for two or three years? And this guy's a special kid. Uh, so we'll see if Auburn can stay in the hunt with him. Uh, you know, a lot of good young defensive linemen, some younger kids, 2021s, 2022s were in town on Sunday. And I can't even remember all the names. Then he had yeah. uh, some of your commits, five-star Lee Hunter was here. Mm-hmm. One of his teammates, uh, uh, kid Cameron Fraze or Cameron Braze, excuse me. Let me make sure I got his name right. <laughs> you know, one of his teammates is a defensive back, and uh, and it sounds like he, you know, he picked Cameron Gray, excuse me. Yeah, uh, defensive back. His teammate, a very good friend, wants to play with him. He got an offer over the weekend. He told us Saturday, hey, I, I'm going to commit probably as soon as they give me the green light. So, you know, it's a kid out of Mobile, no ranking yet. A lot of the kids in the 2021 yes. class that are going to be highly ranked kids don't even have rankings yet. It's just yeah. You know, as the rankers at these uh, websites have a lot to go through, they got to finish the 2021 or 2020 class, see these kids at camps, you know, all that stuff. So very fast player. That's Kevin Steele's area. That's who gave him the offer. He oversees all the defensive offers. Um, So a lot of good young players. Dylan Brooks, five-star in-state defensive end, was back at Auburn. He's always there. Probably a three-team battle. I mean, we think it's going to be Auburn. But, you know, you can't discount Alabama. And I think Tennessee's made a significant play there as well. So just a lot of really good players. And uh, Corey Collier, four-star DB out of South Florida, he says he'll be back. He's out of Miami Palmetto. And he says, hey, my coach loves Auburn. I'm going back. I'll be back at Auburn. Well, that's what you want to hear if you're an Auburn fan. You know, the more a kid visits, uh, the better chance you have probably landing him. So, uh, you know, now February, the entire month of February is dead, which means no visitors on campus. So the staff can kind of regroup, go back through the film, start looking for new guys to offer and then refocus and get kids back on campus in March. And then you have spring practice. So a lot of the kids that were here this past weekend are now going to be back on campus in March and April to watch Auburn. And that's really when the 2021 class will start to take shape a little bit. You've got spring practice, then you've got big cat weekend, the, the, the last weekend of May, first weekend in June. Uh, and then you've got the summer event in late July right, the and then you've out. got the season. I mean, there's not as much time to get kids on campus as there used to be. 
So you got to make the most of those opportunities. So what does February mean if you can't have kids on campus? If you're a staff, it means you're going to be working the phones really hard, mm-hmm. really hard, getting to know kids, getting to know their families, and then trying to get them back on campus where you can get to know them a little bit more. Yeah, and also, and just when it comes to football, uh, the 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 uh, the staff in late February will start making their plans for spring practice. Yeah, um, as yeah. they get ready for that, looks like spring practice is going to start uh, the week after spring break, which is a little bit later than usual. Looks like uh, it's going to be um, uh, March sixteenth or seventeenth is going to be the start date. I'm sure we'll probably hear something actually uh, later on Wednesday about when that start date is going to be. Uh, but and as you said, we've got about. Nine, ten guys they'll really look forward to to potentially contribute in the spring. Of course, Killian Zaire uh, is dealing with that ACL injury, rehabbing. They're hoping to get him back, you know, in August and everything, so he won't be able to participate in spring practices. But it'll be interesting to watch moving forward. And you you mentioned you know, these twenty two and twenty three kids and everything. I remember, you know, being up there with you and and I was seeing a ninth grader and going, oh, "That's a ninth grader. That guy's humongous." Um, it's, it's incredible <laughs> how much, or I guess maybe I was just, I guess that's what happens when you're raised in a uh, very small suburb in a, in a, in a high school where, uh, you may, you might be the uh, tallest person in your class. You mentioned spring practice and I, and I know we're going to get going here, but you got may, maybe the three guys to watch of the new guys would be tank Bigsby, the running back. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and then the two safeties, Ladarius Tennyson and Chris Thompson, I think mm-hmm. I think you got to think that those guys are all going to have a really good chance to play a lot next year. Yeah, certainly. And I, the guy I want to watch is the guy you've mentioned a lot, is like Sakevius Walker, man, uh, yeah. as a pass rusher. I'm interested to see how he works things in and how he deals with uh, Rodney Gardner because Rodney's going to push him. He's going to unrecruit him and de-recruit him uh, throughout well, I, the spring. I'll say this. That's a guy you won't have to de-recruit too much because he's got those Marlon Davidson. That's good. You know, characteristics, although uh, it, there wasn't, uh, you look, I, I know Rodney and you know Rodney and I know Marlon and you know Marlon. And there were times, as great a person as Marlon Davidson is, there were times early in his career when Rodney <laughs> Rodney had to keep him in line a little bit. He's a kid. They're kids. That's Kids do goofy yeah. things, you know what I mean? So, But yeah. yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention him. But it, it should be an exciting spring. Should be. And we'll have full coverage, of course, at auburn.247sports.com. Make sure you check us out. we got a 60% off deal going on right now through National Signing Day. So we'll have you fully covered. Plus, there's a lot of – we didn't talk basketball recruiting, but a lot of basketball recruiting coverage right now because Auburn had some big-time guys on campus for that big Kentucky win this past weekend. And moving forward, several big names out there to watch, some five-star guys. This might end up being potentially Bruce Pearl's best – signing class coming up next fall we'll see how that all works out for keith neighbor i'm brennan marcello we'll see you down the road no one has it covered like 24 7 sports go undercover with auburn undercover the chilling new original docuseries on paramount plus why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.